Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I might chip out, man. I got this, yeah. Ankle Pickers, welcome back. We got a dot five episode here Monday afternoon. I've got the usual cast characters for our dot five episodes. That's RP in my top left, DK in the bottom middle. What's up, boys? Chilling. I'm excited to be here. I uh, had a long vacation weekend, but I still caught all the UFC. I even managed to catch PFL and the Jake Paul Tyron Woodley fight. How you ask? Because fights is a vacation, baby. I had to make sure I got it done. No days off. DK, how you doing? Good, good. Just one foot in front of the other, you know? Grinding and on. and he's high on that Jake Paul by decision, I believe. Damn straight. That that was how many nice... podcasts ago did you mention that? Uh just on last week's real episode. I think we just oh. did our news and notes section, ran through a couple of prop picks that caught my eye and that was the one. Yeah, that's and really that's quickly, shameless plug. If you follow our Twitter at Ankle Pick Pod or have listened to any episodes, Dan, we cashed a couple big ones last week. The ankle lock cash, which I know this isn't where we promote it, but I, I was green as fuck last week, so I'm happy about it. And then uh, we suggested Mearshart by Sub, which actually happened. Which, by the way, Kobe, side note before we really get into this. Did, what was Parker's prop on that one? Not Mearshart sub. He only hit one of them last week, and it wasn't that. He had a <laughs> Ricky Tercio's decision. There you go. So, anyways, green weekend, fight weekend. Danny had a couple big winners as well, so it's it's hard it's hard to come in here with a negative attitude. Well, let's stay with it. Let's jump into next week. We have a fight night card. Headlined by Derek Brunson, Darren Till. First fight on the main card is what we're going to kick things off with. Reese is going to lead things off 14 and 11 on the year, coming off a W to extend the lead to back to three. Lightweight bout, Luigi Vendramini and Patty Pimblett. So really quickly, I told Danny before we even hit the record button, or I kind of just told everybody, this card, I, I have a pretty good idea on the main event, on, on where they might put that one. Everything else is going to be just trying to get close. So, I guess, disclaimer, I might be disgustingly off, uh, like embarrassingly off, but I expect Danny to snag this one. Luckily for me on this one, I'm very familiar with uh, Patty Pimlet. I used to watch all the Cage Warriors. Like, I, like don't ask me why, but I, I remember watching multiple of his title defenses in Cage Warriors. And I always wondered why he never went to the UFC. I guess now um, he's finally there. But what weirdly enough is he had not only a grappling loss to Steve Ray, but a couple cage warriors losses before getting back on track. So it was interesting timing, but nonetheless, a higher level prospect. And then Van Ramini, we we're all familiar with. I mean, he's had a couple biggish fights. Um, since being in the UFC, I imagine this line to be close. I imagine Pimlet to be the favorite, but also again, narrowly, I'm going to go Pimlet minus minus one thirty. 
But like, actually, came with minus one forty. But yeah, I mean, this one for me, I don't have any certain feeling either way. I agree with what if with a lot of what you said. Patty has a lot of hype coming from double champ cage warriors. He gets that Conor McGregor comparison all the time. I mean, even though I don't think that's very warranted, but he will be the favorite here coming off that hype. I just think that I, I agree with you. Luigi Vendramini is, has experience and and definitely not a slouch. Um, I'm going to go a little bit higher because I believe in the hype. Or not so much I believe in the hype, but I believe the hype is going to push this number. The number I have written down is 160, Patty Pimblett, minus 160. Well, Dan, I wish I could tell you that it mattered. 140 on the nose, Pimblett, Reese takes point. I mean, I mean, does this kid miss or does this kid just, I mean, pure shot in the dark, didn't want Danny to go over, so I ripped a little higher, and ding, ding, call me Conor McGregor. Second fight main card, light heavy, Modestus Bukowskis and Khalil Roundtree. DK, go for it. This one I don't really have the best feeling for. Neither of these guys impressed me at all. Uh, and light heavyweight, I really just don't have the best read on in general. Khalil Roundtree with an 88-5 and five record. It's, it's really disgusting that he's this high up on the main card. But Modestus Bukowskis isn't like a world beater, so I don't expect this line to be massive. But I do expect Bukowskis to be favored. I'm going to have Modestus favored minus 130. Hmm. And See, I feel like I, I feel like I'm opening myself up to a sharp play, but I don't know what side I, is the sharp play there. And so that's where my number is going to stop. See, this one's so tough for me because kind of like Danny alluded to it a little bit about like how is – Roundtree on this card. He really hasn't performed that well in the UFC. Came in hot. Um, he lost to Tyson Pedro, who I don't even know if he's rostered anymore. I feel like we haven't seen him in a while after feeling a ton of hype around him. And he ends up like going on a little bit of a win streak and then dropping three of four. Johnny Walker, early knockout. Uh, Ian Kutalaba, early knockout. Marcy practical decision. And so it's like he made this this change to to Thailand, actually. Came out, looked unbelievable against Eric Anders, then dropped two more. So it's like I don't feel comfortable putting this line anywhere, partially because, like, what round tree are you going to get? And on the other side, you're looking at at Bukowskis, who – Kobe's giving me a smirk – who – just lost the split decision to uh, Michelle Olaziacek, or the guy who came off the contender series. I think we had that one. And then a tough loss. The Jimmy Crute loss, I mean, there's no holds barred there. Like, that is what it is. I actually want to go the opposite way. I'm going to go 130 for Roundtree. I, 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 this could be just totally offline. Like, this could make no sense at all. I just feel like at a dog price, I, I feel like I kind of like Roundtree maybe at a dog price. But, again, this is just an absolute dart. Eight days ago, this one opened at minus 150 Roundtree, currently sitting at minus 155 Bukowskis. Wow. Great read on that one, Dan. I was not even sniffing that. Yeah, I I think think 
not a pause in place, but I think Roundtree will probably find my card this weekend unless something taped is just apparently obvious that they can be exploited. Yeah, with these lesser-known names, there's definitely some taping involved before we start playing for real. Um, and yeah. that's kind of what, what both these guys had mentioned right off the top about not having the best feel for it this week. But that's just, you know, you get some cards that you have them, you get some cards that you don't. And this is that's what taping's for. Third fight of the main card, welterweight bout, David Zawada and Alex Morono. Reese, go ahead. So this is so interesting because Zawada um, had a had a pretty, not a huge layoff, but like a decent layoff. And I remember like liking him a lot. Granted, it was, it was, uh, I, I don't know if it was COVID related or, or canceled. It looks like canceled bouts. I don't know why, but comes in, loses a tough one to Danny Roberts and then uh, lost in the third round to the leech. Who's actually fighting comes shortly. And I remember being impressed with him, even though they were losses. Like I, Remember leaving, watching those fights, being like, you know what? This guy has something here. I just don't know if he needs to put it together. Takes a little um, – takes a, about a year off and then beats Abubakar Nurmagomedov, who I think is fighting soon also. But that's a great win. I mean, he, he subbed him. That was when you saw him in the, uh, the Cairo chamber because he tapped. That was this fight. Year later, um, or, or a year and a half, layoff, loses another really tight one against uh, – Ramazan Amiv, and I, I we all love Amiv here. He's phenomenal. I mean, we talk about him a lot as a rising, not even a prospect anymore, just a, a top contender. But then on the other side, you have a guy, Morona, who gets like higher profile fights, but he's not a world beater by any means. I mean, he lost to Anthony Pettis, who's dropped two straight in PFL. Um, and so it's like, it's, it's hard to, I mean, if you're going just experience, like you can't really even give the nod to Morono athleticism. You can't really give the nod to Morono. Maybe fundamentals. I'm imagine Zawada's the favorite. I, I don't imagine by much. I'm gonna go minus one fifty. I agree with a lot of what you said. I do see it ultimately differently at the end, um, mm. and I think where we went separate paths is just. I mean, you went through all the records. I agree with everything and then you you said that alex has just a high profile more high profile um list of guys that he's faced and 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 you're right about them not being really different in skill level in terms of strength of schedule but the high profile of, of alex morono plus being out of a bigger camp and having been on the main card before i think gives him a lot of name value that's going to move this line i don't see it too far from even but i've got morono as the favorite um I just think Zavada is, is a really just unknown guy. Like, you, I, you know. I know that he's beaten Abubakar, but being one in four or one in three in your last four isn't great. And it, it's tough. David Zavada just is not a name. And he has not really ever fought a name except for Nurmagomedov. But then again, it's Nurmagomedov C, maybe even D. Yeah. I mean, the uh, one thing I'd want to add, though, is more like his last bout out, Cerrone, brought a name the fight before that pettis brought a name uh his he had a quick KO, uh quick ko loss to chaos williams which really projected him into into stardom a lot of people have seen that fight so like i don't know if he's like got the name value to move lines even if people do know him i just kind of think like 
He's just kind of like, who do we see last? Kind of like a Sam Alvey in a way, wins a little more, but just a guy who just kind of exists. And there's no knock on Morono. It's just like, he's never really moved. He's never really threatened for a title. He's never, he just kind of is a guy who just enjoys fighting, will take a fight, and, and just has a fun time with it. I just imagine that when you actually get down to it, I think, Zawada will bring the the skill set that you want, even though maybe the resume is not as impressive. Yeah, I don't disagree. And I think that this is one that I kind of had circled for what I think might be a play, especially mm. if it's close to even. Um, and I'm going to give Morono the nod. I'm going to go slightly minus 120 Morono. Okay. This one just opened two days ago on Saturday. Minus 200 Morono. Holy it's, it's come down a ton, but Morona still favored at minus 140. Oh, ah. holy titties! Minus 200 is the easiest Zawada slam I've ever seen. Well, I, I wonder the, why you're late to it, and it's our fault because we're recording on, I know, I on Sunday. Yeah, fuck two on Dan, two on two Dan, on bad guys. Two one Dan, and we're getting into some more familiar faces here. We've got a heavyweight bout: Tom Aspinall and Sergey Spivak. Sergey Spivak's filling in for, gosh, I'm blanking now, but somebody who had a visa issue. This this whole card was supposed to be in London. Obviously, that's not happening anymore. It's back in Vegas. So Spivak filling in against Aspinall, heavyweight. Sergey Pavlovich. Yep, that's it. Pavlovich. Dan. So yeah, Tom Aspinall is on one hell of a run um, in, in this UFC spin, coming making the coming over from Cage Warriors. So he's a, he's a name that the British fans are gonna know and and be cheering for on uh, on a Saturday. I guess it's it's in the Apex, even though it's at British time. So I guess yep. they'll be cheering for from their couches. But still, it's a European oriented card. This is a guy with a lot of hype and well deserved. He's a great boxer. Um, he's a good defensive wrestler and across from Spivak, I just think has not proven himself to me. You look at, I mean, the top competition he's faced is the Walt Harris and the Tyburo losses wins over guys like Carlos Felipe and a 42 year old Alexi Olenek don't really impress me. I think this line's gonna be pretty big. Um, I'm going to go Tom Aspinall minus 250. Yeah, that's a good line. It's a damn good line. I uh, Aspinall seems to be regarded as probably the top heavyweight prospect. I, I don't really consider Cyril kind of prospect anymore now that, I mean, I mean he's fucking he's holding a belt. Dude. Yeah, holding a belt. Um, Tom Aspinall to me, if you said number one heavyweight prospect, is definitely on my mind. Sergey also is though because he's only twenty six, um, but. Most of Aspinall's losses, or so Aspinall's two losses, both of which came in his early, early, early career. I mean, 2015, 2016. Since then, he's gone on a run, but I've not liked the competition he's gotten in the UFC. I mean, everything's ended via finish, all of them very fast finishes. But, 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 I think he gained some valuable, valuable round, round and a half against Andre Orlovsky. I know it's he's 41 or whatever, but 
I mean, you're looking at a first ballot Hall of Famer, and he, and he choked him out. So I think there really is something special with Aspinall. On the other side, you have Spivak, and pretty much, I'm not even going to bother re- reiterating what you said, or like saying anymore, beating it down. Like, you're right. Marcin Tibera, Walt Harris were his, his highest level competitions, lost both of them. Like, and that Walt Harris one aged terribly. And he only could get a majority decision against Carlos Philippe. So, like, I'm not high on Spivak. I, I wonder where the odds makers have this, though. Because me, like, I want to go even higher. I want to go Aspinall and, like, 280 seems really good. But for the sake of, of 11 versus 10, I think, in heavyweight rankings, or, like, 10 versus 9 or something crazy, it's 11 versus 12. 10 and 2, 13 and 2. I'm going to play the the mental game here and actually go lower. I had 280 coming in, but with you popping a 250 burger, I'm going to pop 240 out there for Tom Aspinall. And I'll just, I'll just take anything under in case this line's just not where it needs to be yet. So Reese tried to play the, play the game here. Had he played it the other way, he would have hit it. Instead, DK's oh, taking the point. Minus 260 Aspinall. Oh, no. Dan still would have snaked me. Well, if you would have gone 10 over him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have wow. been an annoying can, Price is Right. Can we price get is right open, on the number. Can open, we get an open minus 300. So, again, this this one's only a day old. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Wow. Open minus that, 300 Aspinall. It's come back to minus 250. So, you know, 24 hours later. Real? You want to know the real worst part about it, too? I still like Aspinall there. It's just a tough sell when you have a guy who's 13-2, and two, been in the UFC for a little bit. Like, that's hard to lay, but I think that's a good parlay piece. So well, don't Danny, call it a comeback. Dan's picking up a point on the day. We still have one more fight to roll through much here. Much needed point. Tip of the cap, tip of the cap. That's a good win. I, You were all over everything except the first one. Whichever one I got my point. I don't even remember. Yep, that was it. Pimblet on the money. Well, this one's the fight that we're definitely most looking forward to on, on the card this week. We've got a middleweight main event, Derek Brunson and Darren Till. This one's been on the books for quite some time back in May. Uh, again, this whole card is supposed to be in London. The, the main draw was Darren Till in London. And obviously for COVID reasons, it's now back at the Apex in Vegas. So, Reese, why don't you kick things off for the middleweight bout? Okay. So it shames me to admit, but I'm a million percent sure Darren Till is going to be the favorite. Not shames you to admit, but shames me to acknowledge. I don't. Okay. Darren Till is like obviously an amazing personality, Twitter and inside the octagon. I think his skill sets are probably there. However, he lost a very controversial decision or he won a very controversial decision, in my opinion, against Steven Thompson. Lost embarrassingly to Tyron Woodley. Got knocked out at home against George Masvidal. Makes a move to 85. Gets ranked instantly. Brings name value. Edges out another controversial split decision against Calvin Gastelum. Loses to Bob Whitaker. And now he's fighting Derek Brunson. On the other side, you look at a guy like Derek Brunson, who since moving camps is what? 4-0 now? 3-0, 4-0? Something like that. Beat demolishing Edmund Shabazian, obviously beating Kevin Holland, who at the time was a better win than it, its age to be. Ian Heinish, who's always a tough guy out, 13 and one at the time when they fought. Like, you have a very, 
very, very different Derek Brunson. I think Derek Brunson, although 37, should be the favorite here. I really do. I just think that's an impossible sell. I think that if it happened, it would have gotten hammered. It would have been too much exposure for Vegas. There's a lot of reasons behind it. I like Derek Brunson here. I'd probably ride Derek Brunson here. Um, I mean, Till was always a huge welter, but he's going to – he's probably middleweight's always been his division, but he's – I mean, he's one and one. I mean, he's fought – I mean, the next title challenger and then Gaslam who gave Izzy fits, but, like, I think this is – this more than anything else is a guy who's ranked off personality and personality alone. Um. I mean, I, I think he's very talented. He's 28. By the time he's 32, we're going to be talking about a guy who, like, is a serious contender, probably. I mean, I hope. But I don't know. I haven't seen out of anything from him in a long time that makes me think he should be a massive favorite. But with all that being said, he's going to be. And he's going to be because people love betting Till. This line, I don't know. I mean, the move's been a while, so I don't think this is, you know – people betting like oh i'm going to the fight but like i mean it's going to be high i'm going to go out on a limb and even say that there's a two in front of it i know it seems ridiculous like even saying it i'm expecting to be embarrassed and it's going to be even but like i really really came into here thinking people are going to be all over this toe line they're going to be like 30 they're always going to find an excuse to make Derek Brunson what Derek Brunson is. And Derek Brunson's a changed man, changed fight IQ, changed mentality, going for gold, 37 years old. And he's fighting a one and one, arguably 0 and 2 middleweight with a big name. But it's, it's nonetheless, it's going to be Darren Till minus 200 on the button. I agree with absolutely everything you said until you put the two in front of it. I do uh, think that I like the value on Brunson here. I do think that blonde Derek Brunson switched camps. Derek Brunson, Stanford MMA. Derek Brunson is just a different Derek Brunson. As we, and we saw that by his di- dismantling Edmund Chabazian and Kevin Holland. Guys who fight pretty similarly to Darren Till with that kickboxing um, style. But you're right. He's Darren Till is going to be the favorite. There's a guy that people love to root for. They love to back. Uh, he's a fan favorite for a reason. I just don't see the two. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go 170 and I, that's up from where I had it written down. I had 155 written down, but I'm going 170 because you, you put a two in front of it and are a little bit pushing me there, but I just don't, I, yeah, I agree with every Dude, entire analysis. I'm on top of it, except for the two, maybe you're more lie. 155 literally seems like a palatable line. Like that makes sense. But every Darren Till line I've ever seen has just been obnoxious. Not to mention I mean, we, we, you were talking about how we, as a podcast, we've hit Derek Brunson since the move that's hitting, that's hitting yeah. him at a plus 170 against Holland, a plus 300 against Shabazian, a yep. plus one, 135 against Heinish and even money against Thurdo. We None literally hit it every time. Sense. Yeah. None of those lines make sense. No. And, and I think it's going to, I think the trend's going to continue. I mean, I this episode on, on Wednesday or Thursday, I'm so excited for just for the fact that like, I'm going to tape the shit out of this fight and I'm really excited to actually like feel confident about a, whatever dog we're going to get. Watch, watch. Kobe's just going to be like, he's minus 150 Brunson. <laughs> so I told you this one opened up back in May minus 135 till. Wow. Just wait. Here comes the movement. Just wait. Here comes the movement. It's not, it's not going to be enough for Reese, but minus oh. 180 till. Oh shit. Wait, 
If Danny stuck at 55. That's your point. Uh, God damn it. <laughs> I should have cut my exclamation. Thanks for dragging point. me along. <laughs> Anytime. Good thing it wasn't the, the game set match point or I would have cried. Right, right. Yeah. So, yeah, Reese I mean, mentioned it. We've got some taping to do. We've got our normal episode coming out on Wednesday. We've got Contender Series tomorrow night or tonight, based on when you're listening to it, Tuesday night. Uh, you guys got any prospects you're looking at Contender Series? I don't want to put you on the spot here. No, none for me. No no camps I'm interested in really in, at least from what I've looked at. And none of the lines really seem palatable either. So, I hope nothing to, for me. I hope to leave the night with some good prospects to watch, but going in, not so much. I agree. Fair enough. Retweet. The only other thing of note that I, I noticed is it looks like Ludovic Chilinian from Tough is also on this week's card. Very cool. Wait, 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 wait. The Tuesday Contender Series or the no, actual no, 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 no. The UFC card tonight on Saturday. Oh, interesting. Um, I do have a quick side note, though, for anyone who cares about our potential card segment. The Gilbert Poha Burns is going to have its uh, PSA grade soon. The one-on-one. The one-on-one prism. So I don't think the was, listeners know everything about this one, but you can you can go into some detail here, Reese. No, just a quick, just quick. I purchased a Gilbert Burns, Gilbert Poha Burns, uh, the one of one rookie card from the set. Only one in existence, and I sent it off for grading, and I get the results back uh, probably either tonight or tomorrow. So. Fingers crossed on that one. I have a lot of good UFC cards in that, but I, I do I do expect an ankle pick card segment coming in the near future. We'll keep the drum roll rolling until you get back to us on that one. Good. I want everyone at clamoring at the chops for that one. In the meantime, DK takes the win. 14-12 Reese on the year. Don't call to come back. DK, send us home with Poha. Oh, Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.